This is East Lansing Insider, brought to you by ELI on Impact 89FM. In this show, we break down all of the news and happenings in the East Lansing community. And now, today's East Lansing Insider. Hey, it's Emily Joan Elliott, the Managing Editor of East Lansing Info, here today with Eli's publisher and executive director, Alice Drager. Alice, I know you published a story earlier this week about noise complaints in the city of East Lansing, so I was hoping you could tell our listeners a little about that story. Sure, Emily. And just to remind folks, they can read our work at eastlansinginfo.news online. So this was a story you and I had been talking about because it was kind of bubbling up to the surface over the course of several weeks. People were calling into council pretty regularly, complaining about extraordinary noise. In fact, um, council member Dana Watson, who lives on Hagedorn Road, sometimes has motorcycles roaring past her during council meetings. And when that happens, you can actually hear it on the virtual council meeting and she pauses and points it out. So we've had folks calling in from different parts of the city or writing in from different parts of the city. But in particular, we heard recently from people in West Grand River Avenue area of Chesterfield Hills and Glencairn complaining specifically about cars that have modified muffler systems that do the opposite of muffling, where they give off sort of loud shotgun noises, and also motorcycles that do that kind of screaming thing where they go screaming by. And so this controversy sort of erupted at council, and even though it hasn't been on council agendas, people have been calling in and asking city council, can you do something about this? So part of what we covered in the story was also the closure of part of Albert Avenue downtown between Abbott Road and MAC Avenue. And that was done chiefly to kind of promote a social downtown business district where people could come down and enjoy themselves, play play some games, sit in hammocks, have some coffee outside. But part of the reason the city staff actually named of wanting to close that section was to stop the loud motorcycles from coming through because there have been complaints from people in the downtown area who are trying to dine or the folks who live down there, including the people who live in Newman Lofts, which are what we call the grown-up apartments along Albert Avenue in the Center City District area. So there's been this attempt by the city to get people who are postgraduate and especially older adults to live downtown to try to diversify the population downtown, but also to diversify the support for different types of businesses downtown so that we don't just have college bars, but college bars as well as other things downtown, other types of amenities. And those folks have been complaining fairly regularly about motorcycle noise. And in fact, the city converted a couple of spots downtown that had been used by motorcyclists who were parking there to enjoy the amenities downtown and instead turned them into a short-term loading zone Uh, to discourage motorcycles actually from coming downtown. Great. So my understanding from your reporting was that motorcycles and some motor vehicles, particularly motorcycles and cars that have been adapted in some way to make more noise are one of the major noise complaints among residents. But what other noises maybe have some residents upset? Party noise is a perpetual issue for folks who live in areas that have um, particularly student student neighbors because students are young people and they sometimes like to party. And sometimes those parties get pretty loud. And so that's one of the things that the police department often gets calls about. But in addition to that, in the summer in particular, we hear a lot of fireworks complaints. And um, that's a little bit of a tricky issue because the state actually took away local control on fireworks. East Lansing used to have a pretty tight fireworks law 
But then the Republican legislature decided to lead a bill saying that the state would maintain control of how much cities could limit fireworks, and it allows it on a lot of the holidays. And in fact, the city of East Lansing is actually choosing soon, uh, I believe on July 13th, to introduce an ordinance which would allow a new set of fireworks dates, and that would be to celebrate Juneteenth. And that would occur if passed as it's been proposed from midnight the day of Juneteenth, so 12.01 in the morning until 1 a.m. on June 20th. So fireworks is another one of those things that residents frequently complain about, about having explosions go off, especially late at night, about having it upset their pets, having upset their sleep or their um, the wildlife. But of course, people who are using the fireworks are interested in using them because they're doing celebratory activities. So one of our readers wrote in uh, about that, but also one of our uh, readers on Twitter sent us a picture of a performance exhaust modification kit from a local automotive store that actually is called um, Cherry Bomb M80. And the slogan is disturbing the peace since 1968. And it's a reference to this type of muffler that can be put on a car, modifying a car that as the car gives off exhaust, it essentially gives off these incredibly loud booms. Well, thank you for that. And I think at this point, Alice, it might make sense to segue to our interview with Tanya Williams, a neighborhood resource specialist for the East Lansing Police Department, who spoke with me about noise complaints and how they could be handled by the neighborhood resource specialists. Let's have a listen. Hi, this is Emily Joan Elliott, the Managing Editor for East Lansing Info. Today with me, I have Tanya Williams, a Neighborhood Resource Officer for the East Lansing Police Department. Welcome, Tanya. How are you today? I'm doing super fantastic. How are you? Good. I'm glad you could join us. And for our first question, I was wondering if you could tell our listeners what a Neighborhood Resource Officer is. So what um, a neighborhood resource um, specialist is, is we are actually a non-sworn part of the East Lansing Police Department. Um, It is a civilian position. And really what we do is we focus on the civil issues that most of the time require long-term problem solving or extensive follow-up that just can't be done by officers with the shifts that they work. Great. And I noticed I had said officer and you said specialist. So you guys are not sworn officers is my understanding. That's correct. We are not. Great. So I know you used to be a police officer for ELPD. So how does your work as a neighborhood resource specialist or NRS different from that of a sworn officer? Really, the one thing that it, that is different is it allows me to do the follow-up that is really difficult to do as an officer. As an officer, sometimes the longest shift I would work would be four days, 12 hours. And during that time, I would have to take a lot of different calls. But here as a resource specialist, I get to do the, the follow-up that might require, you know, seven days or two weeks or three weeks, maybe even a couple of months, depending on what the issue is. Um, And then also it allows me to use more creativity when it comes to the problem solving, um, like connecting specific residents together that give their permission and go ahead to be able to work on things together and um, come up with their own solutions when it comes to some of their neighborhood or community problems. Okay. So what made you come back to ELPD for this position? 
Um, ultimately, I think that I was in the same boat as so many other people when uh, 2020 happened. I think we just need to say that and most people will understand. So um, my personal business was struggling and I saw the posting here uh, with the city. I love the officers that I worked with and all the people. And I thought, what better place to come back and try something new, especially since this was a new division within the police department. Great. So in this episode, Alice Dreger, our publisher, and I are discussing noise complaints in East Lansing, particularly noises generated by motor vehicles and motorcycles. So I was wondering how often you dealt with noise complaints and what type of noise complaints you deal with on a regular basis. So when it comes to motor vehicles and motorcycles, those noise complaints are a little sticky, if you will, because, um, you know, there is a decibel level that they have to reach in order for there to be enforcement action to be taken by the police department. Um, in addition to that, it's, you know, it depends on where you're living, too, if you hear that kind of noise. Um, but really, when it comes to the NRS and the noise complaints that we work on, it really just depends. Sometimes it depends on the time of year. Um, uh, we've been working with student noise issues um, in addition to neighbor to neighbor noise issues, whether that's somebody, you know, mowing their lawn too late at night or even uh, construction noise issues, which um, unfortunately we're going to have to have the noise in order for the city progress to happen. So um, really we do focus mostly at this point in time on the student noise issue and the neighbor to neighbor stuff. Great. Are there quiet hours in the city of East Lansing where maybe you should not be mowing your lawn or something like that? Really, there is a noise ordinance in place 24 hours a day within the city of East Lansing. It just depends on the time frame and the severity of the citation that can be received. Anytime after 11 p.m., that citation goes from a civil infraction to a misdemeanor up to, I do believe, if I remember correctly, 6 a.m. So sorry, 11 p.m. to 6 a.m. I personally would say maybe you shouldn't mow your lawn past nine o'clock. Um, as a previous homeowner, I do understand that sometimes mowing your lawn later in the afternoon or in the evening is best so you don't burn your grass if it's a dry season. But um, I think really for the most part, it's a it's common sense to when you could or could not do these things. Thank you. Are there particular noise complaints that NRSs do not deal with? So one thing I did forget to mention is really we deal with persistent and consistent noise mm -hmm. complaints, but what we don't deal with it will, would be immediate noise issues. And primarily, I would say, think of your larger parties and gatherings. Um, you know, if it's a house of, you know, three students or something of that sort, then we would be more than happy to have a conversation. But at the end of the day, safety is very important here uh, at the East Lansing Police Department and sending uh, officers is always the best response when it comes to those larger parties and gatherings, especially if there are intoxicants and substances on board. Great. I think this is going to probably influence your answer to my next question too. So <laughs> okay. say I have a neighbor who's making lots of noise and I guess it would be a consistent problem. Mm -hmm. um, and I wanted an NRS and not a typical police officer to come and address the issue do I get to decide who comes to respond to the call or does ELPD make that decision? Well, the first 
thing I would say is that if it's late at night, then please call the dispatch. And ultimately, if you're having noise issues, you should call dispatch anyways, because what that does is it creates a record of the times that there are calls going to one particular house or address. And that also helps officers determine um, what their course of action will be, whether that's going to be you know, a citation or a warning or whatever it may be. So first thing, always call dispatch and request to have an officer come for noise. But the second thing is, is that um, if officers do show up on scene and they, you know, look at the dispatch notes and realize that this is a persistent and consistent issue, they can actually write a referral. Um, it's just a form that they fill out uh, to the NRS and send it to the NRS email. And then one of us will take a look at it. And then we can make contact with the complainant in addition to the problem house. Sure. So I have two follow-up questions. Is calling 911 the same as calling dispatch or should listeners look for the dispatch number online? So calling 911 is not the same as calling the dispatch non-emergency. Um, and the non-emergency number is 517-351-4220. And then they will be able to direct the appropriate person to responding to the call. Thank you. And then my follow-up is, do NRSs ever respond first to a call or is it always in conjunction with sworn officers or possibly after sworn officers have responded? Honestly, that just depends on the call type. Um, if we're still talking about noise, then most of the time we may respond in conjunction depending on what the dispatch information states. If it's a larger party, then we probably won't do that. Um, if it's a smaller gathering, you know, five people or so, then we might show up. But most of the time it's usually going to be secondary and it's usually within the next day or within the next couple of weeks. You know, an another time that we may show up with officers could be something as a civil issue that they get called to with, um, you know, neighbor to neighbor. We could actually go to that call at the same exact time. Again, depending on what the um, information is when it comes to the call, again, safety is important. And from there, we can kind of get the initial response and information and then kind of have that side conversation with the officer to determine whether the officer would like to stay or whether we can just take it from there. Okay. And I know you do a lot more than just deal with noise complaints. So I was wondering if you could tell our listeners what your typical day looks like, what other issues you might be dealing with. So really, I would say the vast majority of uh, what I do through the day shift is I do a lot of the follow-up when it comes to um, the civil the civil nature when it comes to neighbors. Uh, the other thing that we deal with are, are hazards. Uh, the other day after the storm that we just had, you know, there was a tree that was down across Kalamazoo right by Marigold, and they had requested an officer to go out and kind of sit on that so that way people would drive around it. And instead, I jumped that call and I was able to take care of that instead. So um, it's just a various different things. We have dealt with dog complaints where people feel like um, an owner is not able to control their dog and that call extended into working with Ingham County um, Animal Control and kind of setting that owner up with some resources that would allow her to better control her dog and teach her dog better manners. I got you. Are there common neighbor-to-neighbor -neighbor conflicts that you see in East Lansing? Oh, the common neighbor-to-neighbor -neighbor conflicts that we see 
dog issues, that's a big one. Not just even so much the barking of dogs, but the inability of a dog owner to appropriately be able to handle and control their dog. We do see recreational vehicle issues. So I don't think a lot of people are aware that in the city, you can have recreational vehicles parked in your driveway from April 1st to December 1st, I believe. Um, and so people call and, you know, worry that it's going to turn into not just one, but maybe two or three, and it could end up into this, you know, big issue of a whole bunch of things in the yard when really um, people are allowed to have those in, in their driveway. So, um, and then, you know, simple stuff like yard maintenance, that's something that uh, the citizens of East Lansing here really feel strongly about. And I think that just goes to, you know, the level in which they like to see the city and how beautiful the city is when it's, you know, well-kept. And we have a great DPW department who, you know, work tirelessly to clean up a lot of the trash and the maintenance and landscape. So I think that, you know, yard stuff is also important too. Great. And when you say recreational vehicles, do you mean things like snowmobiles and boats and those sort of things? Those are the things I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I understand that um, something you did recently as an NRS was help search for a missing woman. Um, I was wondering if you wanted to speak about that at all. Yeah, so we had a call come in for a missing resident, and our officers searched the area for her extensively, in addition to some of the other high-volume calls that they were dealing with from the night, the weekend. They were dealing with a six-victim shooting, and then we had the call go out looking for our East Lansing resident who was missing, and so it was a lot of time worked and a lot of hours and, you know, miles walked. And so instead, uh, ultimately, the East Lansing Command decided that it was time to call in volunteers. And once they did that, um, I was able to go out and help look for our missing resident in addition to another NRS officer. And it was really actually quite amazing to see the police department put out the call for people to volunteer and to see as many people show up in the short amount of time that they did. Um, I think within less than an hour or so, we had over 180 volunteers. And within a matter of about two hours, we were able to find our missing resident. Wow. I had no idea it was that many volunteers because I my end as a reporter, I was watching the Nixle alerts come through and I knew there was a call for volunteers and not long after the woman was yeah. found. I could not believe how many people showed up. And I will say, you know, if you do have East Lansing residents listening right now, we had a huge turnout um, from our East Lansing residents, especially those from the Pinecrest area. Uh, we had some White Hills Neighborhood Association people show up too in Southeast Marbles. So there was a lot of representation of city residents who showed up to help look for our missing resident. Great. Well, thank you so much, Tanya. I appreciate you giving us your time today. Yeah, you're very welcome. Thank you for the opportunity. Great. So you mentioned, Alice, concerns about fireworks and adaptations to cars and student noises. So the city doesn't have much control over when fireworks can and can't be used. But what control do they have, say, over student behavior or what might MSU do to encourage students to be quiet or off campus? Mayor Aaron Stevens mentioned at two meetings this week uh, that he's hoping 
there will be more interventionalist activity on the part of MSU's administration with regard to off-campus student behavior. So this has long been a town gown stress point. Um, People who live year-round near student neighbors have long complained that MSU doesn't really have an off-campus code of conduct policy that's actively operational. So there's no way for them to basically make complaints and say this particular house of neighbors is driving us crazy with trash or with loud parties or with um, any other kind of sort of bad neighborly behavior. But now this new administration at MSU, partly because of the pandemic, is trying to take more seriously the issue of students off campus and how they impact life in general in East Lansing. So Sue Webster, who's uh, one of the liaisons between the university and the city, came to the Council of Neighborhood Presidents this past week to speak about this. And on Tuesday at City Council, Mayor Stevens alluded to it, saying that he's hoping that after the pandemic, since we've had this sort of monitoring of public health behaviors or um, poor behaviors in some cases off campus, that there is going to be this new system for paying attention and following through when it comes to quality of life complaints from neighbors with regard to students. What other feedback has the article gotten, um, particularly maybe from motorcyclists? We've heard from some of them that they feel misunderstood, um, that some of them point out that they don't necessarily have the types of motorcycles that create this very intense noise when they go by. Also, the city manager, as we mentioned in the article, the city manager has pointed out that To some degree, motorcyclists need to have their bikes be somewhat loud because it's really part of what we would call visibility. So it's part of being possible for drivers to be aware of where motorcycles are. Otherwise, if drivers are not aware where a motorcycle is, they can change lanes or pull out and kill a motorcyclist. So in some, to some degree, some of the noise that motorcycles make are a safety feature, but that's not really what we're talking about when we're talking about what most people are complaining about, which is that sort of screaming noise where the motorcycle guns it and goes past a house at a very fast speed. You know, part of what we're talking about, and we mentioned this in the article, is East Lansing's changing, right? So downtown is being very built up. And the consequence of that is that you have a lot of people who are living in new environments with people that they may not have lived with before. We also have a situation where construction vehicles are causing a lot of noise coming through the older neighborhoods where it might have been pretty quiet before. So there's a lot of these new stresses occurring. And it, it's one thing to talk about the people who are living downtown for the first time, folks who, some of whom are actually MSU administrators living along Albert Avenue, who are complaining about downtown bar noise. And that's downtown bar noise that's been there forever, you know, since the bars were able to open after MSU finally stopped being a dry town. That's been there a long time. And the bar owners understandably say, you know, well, where do you think you move to? Because you should know that when you're moving to a downtown, you're moving to a city environment. But part of it is like the older neighborhoods like South Glencairn and North Chesterfield Hills, which are along Grand River Avenue. Those are older neighborhoods, houses from the 1910s, 1920s, 1930s, where people did not previously experience the roaring of construction trucks going by every single day. But that's happening because East Lansing's downtown is being built up. And we just saw the Center City District project built. We saw then the Park District project built. Next comes the MSUFCU project, which will again involve big trucks roaring up and down Abbott and roaring up and down Grand River Avenue. 
Yeah, I know this morning you pointed out to me some of the communications to counsel, the written ones, um, emails that were submitted. And one that I found interesting as someone who covers school board were there's also noise complaints coming from not the downtown area. And one person had documented noise related to school construction, because over the last few years, the elementary schools have been rebuilt and renovated. And that's not insignificant because the elementary schools are nestled in neighborhoods. And so the consequence of those construction sites is has been really long days for years at a time of a lot of beeping trucks, a lot of pounding, a lot of digging, a lot of dropping of materials. It has been a noisy few years, I have to say. I think everybody's tensions are up. And of course, it doesn't help that when a pandemic is going on, a lot of people are working from home. And so while the pandemic's been happening and people have been stuck at home, it's extra stressful to be at home and to be dealing with all of that noise. And actually, Scott House, the director of Public Works for East Lansing, recognized that when he actually put off a sewer project in the northern Glencairn neighborhood area, specifically because he said, we don't want to be digging up the roads and pounding and having beeping trucks when people are trying to work from home. And so they actually put that project off for a year specifically because they were recognizing that people home working during the pandemic were stressed out enough. Right. You're home hearing the noises, working from home with maybe a partner and children. That's a lot of noise. Are there any city regulations on motor vehicle noise, whether for cars or motorcycles? There are. East Lansing has a pretty elaborate noise ordinance, which is meant to um, control noise in various ways. The challenge is that, as with so many East Lansing laws, it's out of step with the state laws. The state laws have changed and the East Lansing laws have not been updated. So this is a chronic problem right now for catch up for the new city attorney, relatively new. They came in last October and they're trying to play catch up in terms of getting the state laws to conform. But there are state laws that say vehicles cannot be over a certain decibel. So what the police department told us is that they are working on getting devices and clarification on how to measure those noise levels. And then they can give people warnings or tickets in some cases. Um, And then if I have time to mention it, Emily, I'll tell you, there's one famous case in the East Lansing Code that refers to loud air conditioners. Oh, yes. Please share. (laughs) (laughs) This happened a few years ago, rising out of a dispute between two neighbors. And what happened was one, one of them had a house built very close to the other one, actually would not be allowed these days to be built that close together. And the other one ended up putting in a a new air conditioner that was pretty loud. And so a neighbor complained and complained and ultimately complained to city council and got the law changed a few years ago. And actually, we ended up doing a large expose piece on this story because it was a really interesting example of how just one or two people can change the law in East Lansing. And the reporter on that story, a really excellent investigative story, was Jessie Gregg, who now is the mayor pro tem of East Lansing. So she was the famous air conditioner noise ordinance story reporter, which actually became sort of part of her campaign because it was an example of what she was campaigning for to try to get people to get along better rather than going to council and having laws changed to sort of get back at their neighbors. And so now she supports, of course, the neighborhood resource specialists who are set up specifically to try to deal with these things and to mediate them before they turn into major disputes. Mm -hmm. Was the ordinance changed back then to legalize these air conditioners? 
It was not. And the consequence is that many, many air conditioners in the city of East Lansing are illegal, according to the law, because the city didn't seem to understand how noise works. Um, my team did an investigation looking at the question of whether or not the law made any sense. And the short the short story is the law doesn't make a lot of sense in terms of how noise actually works. The other thing we did, I will confess to you, is we stocked out council um council members' homes at the time just to see whether or not we could figure out if their air conditioners were illegal. And I believe in the case out of three out of five council members of the time, we found that if somebody reported their air conditioner, their air conditioner would probably be found to be illegal because most of our air conditioners would be found to be illegal. We were just curious if it was the case. So it was one of those kind of irrational laws that got passed because people were upset. Got it. Well, thank you for sharing this story with us, Alice. I appreciate it. And I'm sure our listeners do as well. Thanks. Thank you all for tuning in today. Our website, again, is eastlansinginfo.news. On our homepage, we have not only this story, but information about the Library on the Go, sponsored by the East Lansing Public Library, an update from City Council, information about the Summer Solstice Jazz Festival, and our summer youth journalism program with more stories to come. Thank you. East Lansing Insider is brought to you by ELI on Impact 89FM. We are on the web at eastlansinginfo.news and impact89fm.org. Thanks for listening.